low. Um, I don't really have a name for this. Um, so this is more meant to be a, I guess, an addendum to the show or a standalone show. I don't really have a, as I said, a name. Um, uh, this is basically supposed to be kind of like a one-off type thing, um, without, not spooky, um, Um, I guess part of the reason that I was going to do this is that I was going to mention that on the next episode, we were going to watch, um, uh, an Alex Jones movie called, uh, America Destroyed by Design, to which at that point I'll provide the link, and he and I had talked about it prior to the show starting, but then, uh, during the, the show, we never actually talked about it so then at that point kind of I felt that I should kind of bring it up so that way if anyone within the audience wanted to watch along then at that point they can watch it and then kind of beforehand um it's about like two hours long and it is one of his earliest movies so the quality that you'll find on the internet is not going to be amazing uh so I kind of figured just throw that out there and then I guess kind of we can watch, commentate, or what have you, alongside each other. Um, and uh, I guess while I'm here, I'll just have, a, I guess, like a an addendum, or, I don't know, I, I guess to me, it's like a, I thought about uh, calling it something else, um, like, I don't know, playing off like OSS or CIA or, any of the other in in like uh, agencies, but I can't really come up with something, and probably can't really think of something within the next two weeks. Um, so eventually, this name will be like renamed into whatever I consider to be clever. Um, but I guess to start off with, I guess just kind of ramble on something that I was thinking about. Um, it was based on the idea of like uh, surveillance capitalism. Which um, is is one of those things where, um, where like say, if I had told like not spooky about, he would have been like this would be like a glass shattering moment I imagine for him, um, where the idea of like if you can articulate a name for something, then at that point it you can kind of think of it in your head, and like what you without you being able to think of it in your head, then at that point it's like it's one of those things where it just kind of becomes like fragmented ideas that like you kind of think about but then can't really like piece together but essentially the idea of surveillance capitalism would be like say like a company like say uh facebook or instagram or um i don't know google i guess google is the most egregious example where it's like basically they in exchange for giving you something for free they basically prey off of your like your information and as we kind of spoke off about in like the first episode um like the whole 33 bits of information like the the whole thing is that they don't really need that much and essentially like the more that you use their products the more information you're kind of arbitrarily giving them um whether it's like consciously or unconsciously like the type of ads that you're into or the type of pictures or the type of like what have you it's like all these things kind of um formulate a profile to which at that point they can then use to like spy against you um so kind of like with that in mind um i I kind of think about the idea of um there's a show that i enjoy quite a lot it's called holt and catch fire um, I mean, it's just a regular TV show, but, um, the whole thing is that it takes place like around the early eighties and it's supposed to kind of just, uh, talk about like the dawn of like computers, like when it's just started becoming more accessible to people at home. And one of the things that they kind of talk about is the, uh, Goldilocks, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Um... I'm trying to figure out what you call it.
Um, I don't know. As an aspect of this kind of not having not spooky, this episode would probably not be edited, so there'd be a lot of stuff that normally would be edited now is now just going to stay there, so it's just going to be a little bit more awkward. So you're kind of forced to, uh, I guess, bear with it in a sense. Um, ah, I don't know why it took me forever to think about it. Uh, the Goldilocks zone, or essentially, like the idea is that, like, um, when you have a computer back then, like, the amount that it would take for, like, between when you clicked on a mouse and how long it took to respond back would determine how interested you would be in the machine. So, essentially, like, nerds, regardless, were going to be interested in a computer. But, like, say you as a, like, the normal consumer, um, like, when you, um, I guess, experience the product, like, if it wasn't an immediate gratification, like, you immediately were just going to be like, all right, well, I can kind of see why this is interesting, but this is not going to be for me. If anything, I'll come back to this when I have to do, like, a paper or if I'm going to have to research something for school. And that's kind of like what computers were for a lot of people in the beginning, where it's like it wasn't immediately gratifying, and then eventually they just kind of um, came to it way later. Um, once things like that kind of got solved, like once the computer started giving you immediate feedback. Um, so it's one of those things where as like different aspects of the computer started to become, I, I guess easier at that point it created all these different senses of addiction so um so i guess if you were to think about like as the internet then got faster and then at that point like if like the media gratification of being able to watch movies on it and being able to like stream music then at that point started gravitating like a natural like like a huge audience so like you can kind of um do this like uh I guess, like, how would you call it, like, a chart, whereas, like, as space on a computer plus, like, plus, like, uh, uh, say, processing power, plus internet speed, the, like, you can, like, as those things grew simultaneously, those things then grew the audience around it, because at that point, it became more captivating. I, I guess, like, an easy example would be, like, um, if you were to think about, like, video game systems, like, the Atari kind of would create, like, a huge database, or not a huge database, but, like a, like, a huge audience, but as, like, graphics started to increase, and at that point, you can then have a series of different, like, things that you can then interact with it, like, when it eventually went to Nintendo and, like, PlayStation, like, as the, the media became more nuanced and more, um, I guess, interactive and more useful and, like, uh, more immediate than at that point, like, the level of intimacy between the user and the machine kind of grew. And then eventually, as you kind of have nowadays, it's, like, basically has mass market appeal because every barrier to entry has now been reduced. And... <coughs> where this this is all going to wrap around eventually just i'm just kind of kind of giving you a backstory to then eventually kind of think about this um but like this when you have like all these barriers then being destroyed where now you can go into a place and you don't even need to know like the password for the wi-fi like the wi-fi is now just given to you for free like now there's like literally no barrier to entry. Like you don't even need to own like a computer. Now you can just have like a tablet or even like a phone or like any small device and basically it can give you like the same amount of information as you could if you did have like one of those. Um so then it's just like you then like you then have this atmosphere where now then people are giving it to I guess kids where now like kids now at an early age are immediately like they completely understand like the concepts of like what like an app and how it works and then like how to look up things and how to like potentially like view videos or what have you 
because it's like it's been basically made to the lowest common denominator where like it does not take that much for you to think about things like you you even think about like um like urls where it's like back then like people used to have like um like oh like http colon backslash backslash www.youtube.com backslash where it's like now it's even gotten to the point where it's like you like y-o-u-t-u dot b-e where it's just like literally just making it as simple as possible where it's like even if like if you were to search for like if even if you typed it incorrectly it will autocorrect for you and then just go to the website like the amount of like uh like barrier to entry is slowly disappearing so now you then basically have um like where uh, it's going back to to what i was saying earlier about like kids now basically being um like using this technology at a point where they don't really delineate like what is um like i, I guess like I, I guess um a, a way to explain it would be like um if you were to think about maybe your grandparents or your parents like they grew up with the television around them where essentially like the television was like the equivalent of their imaginary friends and essentially they grew up at a time where like the tv pretty much was their best friend in terms of like giving them like uh like the news but then also like you then had like um like uh i guess like things like say um i don't know sesame street or stuff like that where it's basically it's like it's something that you grew up alongside of and basically it was something that like was there a part of your childhood and then basically transitioned to other things where essentially like it became like something like it, it became a technological like like artifact that followed you from when you were young all the way until basically you were i don't know i guess in an old folks home chained up and being in, in iv tubes but like that is the equivalent i guess of like what kids are growing up now where it's like the separation of like what that technology is is pretty much like immediate like they 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 kind of grow up with the idea that like um these tablets and like all this information is already immediately accessible where there's like no barrier to entry and like no sense of like delayed gratification like if you think about like when you were using the internet or some or, or I, I mean hypothetically i don't know who's listening but like um if you were using the internet like back in like 2005 if you wanted to download a song it would take you probably like 10 minutes or so if like depending on your speed or something and then at that point if you wanted to watch a music video probably was not that immediate but then as the speed grew like all these things like you like it became progressively more and more immediately where it's like now if you have like kids like to them it's like there's no sense of like uh, going back to it, like delayed gratification and i feel like that is a, kind of like a weird thing where it kind of like hijacks like your endorphin system and kind of going back to the whole goldilocks zone where it's like the the immediacy of all these things like is what basically kind of grabbed people to the computer and then progressively as like those barriers got destroyed people got more addicted to it now similarly like kids are already at a point where the addiction has been already set down where it's like you're anything that you can click on basically is supposed to give you like immediate feedback like instantly and then at that point you are creating a world where it's like there is no i I guess like there is no reason for delay like if something doesn't give you an an answer immediately then at that point it doesn't work and it it, like it it ceases to be intuitive (coughs) sorry and, and basically in a sense becomes archaic so you like with that sense of uh, i guess that the sense of thinking in mind it's like it, you then kind of have like a sense where it's like they then kind of have like this weird symbiotic relationship where it's like if, if you think about like when people have a distance from computer the idea of trying to put your name online seemed like absurd like people knew like hey don't trust random strangers on the internet with your information but essentially as people came into the internet with like a, like a lower like barrier of entry 
it's like those sense of like basically being cautious and being afraid like progressively like exists less and less so then at that point it's like where you get just people just kind of like putting their full like name out there giving all like information about their day-to-day like gratuitously without any sense of like remorse or any sense of like caution so then at that point it's like you you're feeding essentially like like the the machine that has been put in place is not going to appeal to i'm assuming the person listening to but it is more something to consider about the generation that is coming where essentially they will live in a panopticon like this basically unending surveillance state that they are completely condoning like if you had said that like hey I don't know, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, that there would be a website that basically can track your website, like your your cell phone, or I mean any phone, and basically know everything about you and have pictures of your house and have pictures of everyone you know, and basically know, like, all these vital inf- bits of information about you, even if you didn't even consent to give it to yourself, people would basically be afraid of that and would probably try and shun it. But now, like, those things exist, and it's like you yourself can be apprehensive as much as possible, but essentially the future generation doesn't have any sense of reason to distrust these things because these are the things that they've already grown up with. And then it's like, I don't know, it's like, I guess when to me, when I speak to like not spooky or something like that, like I have a very, um, uh, I guess, um, I don't have a optimistic idea of what the future would be like. Um, in the first episode, I kind of talked to him about the idea that, like, you can pretty much, like, just go to someone's Facebook feed or what have you and then, um, kind of replicate their home without even, like, just, like, with the technology that existed back in, like, 2010. Like, I'm assuming that that technology at this point has grown exponentially. But, like, at this point, you then have, like, children or, like, just teenagers or what have you. Just, like, essentially, like, just people that don't have that sense of caution about, like, the awareness of what the value of their information and, like, how much, like, secrecy and privacy is important. Just, like... Just even for, like, the the sanctity of just being a human being. Like, I, I guess, like, if you, if you, I don't know, like, if you grew up in a world knowing that everything that you're doing is being watched by everyone, and that was basically your starting point of normalcy, I mean, uh, to me, it's just kind of hard to imagine, but it, it was kind of like what people are growing up with nowadays, where it's like, like the idea of just kind of broadcasting everything that they, um, that they can about themselves without any sense of repercussion. Like, I mean, uh, I, I guess to me, it's like, I, I think of like, uh, stories of where people have like, um, tracked people online down just through like, their twitter or instagram like feed just because like they were saying like oh i'm going to be over here and i'm going to be over here and then we're going over there where it's like just like through giving like those like bits of information like thinking that the audience that they were um dispersing that information to was receiving that in good faith and then at that point basically having that then turn against them and basically like to point of harassment or what have you it's like that to me is more of what i am more um i guess like skeptical about the future where i don't know like i feel that basically someone could just do a little too long didn't read or didn't listen to this and basically just surmise this whole thing about like don't give kids like um 
access to the internet and that basically surmises the entire thing into like um one minute but i guess to me the the part that i just kind of keep thinking about is more that there is an entire industry at this point where it's like i guess i used to think of the nsa as like this huge like evil like agency in a sense where anything that you can do on the internet has basically just kind of like that they're just taking a like basically just taking all these bits of information and storing it somewhere like indefinitely but the, the thing that to me that has gotten even like more frightening is now that someone basically realized like okay that's something that you can do but now let's make a money off of it and that to me is a part where like it's kind of where i'm trying to get my head around is the idea that what i used to fear has now not only become true but then at that point has been monetized and then equally can be used against me way f- worse than it was before. Where I guess I, I guess maybe a way to think about it would be like, like hypothetically, if I had said something offensive or something like illegal or what have you on the internet, like I would just be taken by like an FBI agent and disappear and never be seen of again. Whereas at this point, like there is an entire community of people that will have no issue basically just like, destroying my entire livelihood just because i said a word that they disagree with and like but not only that it's like the the government no longer needs to be involved like the the, like it superseded the government and has now transformed onto the, the people themselves where like the people themselves would basically have no issue just taking me aside and just like tearing me limb from limb and then until i disappear and it's like, what, like, I don't know, like, like, at what point do you ever just step aside and think about, like, what this universe is now? Like, this universe basically has ceased to have any sense of, like, meaning, like, any decorum is out the window. Like, it's like, what is considered insane one day basically has become reality the following day. And it's like, the the reasons where I become perpetually a pessimist is that at this point I do not see it ever slowing down. I see it only increasing, and like I only see the window of invasion, like invading into my privacy, like like growing perpetually more and more each day, and like even like the the concept of like drones where it's like i it's like even at the beginning of the decade it's like people were basically like furious and upset like with the concept of like drones or basically like these like these unmanned like like planes in the sky just like kind of looking like like um like like observing and surveilling people where it's like at this point people then taken that and turn it into a an enthusiast like like hobby like it's like nothing that you can enjoy is safe without some form of surveillance being involved. Like, in the end, like, I'm trying to, like, avoid swearing, but, like, everything becomes terrible in the end in some form or fashion. Um, I don't know, like... I guess like the hopefully this kind of puts into perspective as to why I added uh, not spooky to add some form of levity because I feel that without him this would all go down a um, I guess like negative rabbit hole as it has gone Um, so if you can um, find some way to uh, encourage him to participate more in these things. Um, but yeah, uh, he should be, um, attending on the one on Saturday. And as I mentioned also, um, he and I will be watching, uh, America destroyed by design. Um, it's available on YouTube. Uh, there's two videos of it. One uh, that I saw at least, and the more the more recent one is not the one that you want to watch. 
there is an upload from like 2012, I want to say 2012, that is supposed to be like a higher quality, um, yeah, I mean, either way, I'm going to link it, but uh, like, just in case you decide to just search it yourself and not peruse the Twitter account, which once again, like, as we were kind of talking about last week, my Twitter account is just meant to be like a citation machine for anything that I say on here, um, uh, we also have a email address, but I, I don't remember it offhand, but I kind of figured that like, if we kind of grew large enough, I mean, at this point, I don't know, um, we got a couple subscribers through iTunes, which I guess is kind of interesting. Um, and, but like just kind of the idea of like, if we were to have like a, like a mailbag so, like segment, I would be kind of interested. Um, one of the things that I kind of want to do is, um, I, I guess like if it's not obvious, like, uh, not spooky is a, like, a, um, anarcho-capitalist, which basically is kind of like a, like a form of libertarianism, which, um, kind of opens himself up to like ridicule sometimes, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't know, if you were to get like really into like, um, like. I guess, like, politics and the idea of, like, um, I guess, like, how governments should be run or lack thereof. And at that point, it's because it's, it's one of those ideas that you eventually kind of veer into. And one of the things I'm trying to encourage, and maybe, like, there's enough, like, audience reception, is that he have a segment of his own to just kind of, I don't know, um, like, espouse those ideas and try and, like, I guess, inform um, whatever this audience is, like, I feel like if anything, like, at this point, like, I don't know, there's, this um, whoever's listening to this podcast is basically have accepted that it's not going to be a traditional podcast, and it's going to be just kind of weird and out there, um, so I kind of figure if anything, like, him teaching, um, some ideas about, like, anarcho-capitalism would be, I don't know, if anything, a, a, a fit within the, our current structure. So if there's any way that you guys can find a way to encourage him, I mean, I would say, go ahead. Um, um, so I guess a little bit behind the scene is, uh, I don't have a computer in front of me. So in the beginning of all these episodes, typically I have, uh, not spooky, just kind of sit by the microphone and count us now. And then at that point I run from the computer and come over to this table. Whereas in this instance, I don't have a table, like the computer in front of me. So I don't even know how long I've been going. And I don't even know if like the signal, like if I'm speaking too high or too low. So in the end it's going to be like, or I guess like there's going to be a weird pause in the beginning. And there's also going to be a weird pause at the end. Um, I'm going to see if he'd be willing to, like, add music in the front. But beyond that, I think that I'm just going to upload us raw just because I think uh, a raw feed would be interesting. I don't know. Um, I, I, the way that I kind of envision this uh, type of solo type show is just kind of grimy and, like, no, no sense of professionalism at all. Like, I, like, want you to be able to hear, like, the fan going on in the background. Like, I don't know, just bare bones as much as possible. Like, no professionalism. And then hopefully, by comparison, the other show then shines even further. Um, so, uh, this is something else that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I didn't have... This is actually something that I've had in my agenda to talk about on the show for the past like two weeks that I haven't been able to. Um, and in reality, I don't, it, it is one of those things that I don't have an explanation as to like what it is or an explanation as how to solve it. Um, but like one thing that I had read about was like, uh, back in no, well, back in like September 17th, um, of like 2019, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like talking about stuff that is topical cause I, I want these like shows to be like evergreen, but, um, for the sake of, uh, of this, I kind of feel like it was, I kind of have to, 
Um, but back in September 17, um, the uh, the market, uh, like the, the New York Stock Exchange, what have you, like the, the market basically in a sense like collapse in a way. And <coughs> the the way that like um, the, the Federal Reserve has kind of basically gone about it is to pump money into the stock exchange to keep it afloat. Um, so I, I'm not going to make it seem as if I'm an expert, but it's more the, the just kind of like, um, Think about the idea of, like, um, I guess, like, Wally Coyote chasing after Roadrunner. Like, eventually, like, Roadrunner stops at the edge of the cliff, and then Wally Coyote keeps basically running indefinitely, like, like you know, on basically nothing, just, like, running on air itself. And then he doesn't fall as long as he doesn't look down. And that, to me, is kind of basically, like, what our economy has been like. Um, and that to me, like, once again, I don't know, like, I'm not going to say that I'm an expert, but that to me in a sense has been kind of frightening is the idea that like, um, this whole thing is called like a repossession market. And essentially the idea being is that every day there's a bunch of like, like when like everyone is trading stocks back and forth, like these things are kind of just like, I mean, you're kind of like trading paper back and forth, but eventually like people need actual money. And then at that point, they sell their stocks to other people. So essentially, like, since September 17th, there hasn't been anyone wanting to buy these, like, shares and turn it into actual money. So then at that point, what has been happening is that the Federal Reserve has been giving money that, in a, in a sense, they technically don't have. So they've been loaning out money to the stock exchange, in a sense, to at that point make sure that everyone is solvent. So, but the thing is... We're currently in January, so we're several months later, and the stock exchange has, con- like, like this has continued to happen. Like, this has not, like, changed, where it's, like, we have continued to fund the, the Federal Reserve, like, the Federal Reserve has continued to fund the stock exchange perpetually for, like, the past several weeks, and, I don't know, like, I mean, that to me is, like, our economy is basically has been running on a false illusion of like success. Uh, like, like people are selling things and not buying. And the only things that, that they're being bought is just through lies in a sense. So like our economy basically has stopped overnight several months ago and no one has a solution as to how to actually stop it besides actually just like falsely putting money into the system. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know once again, what to do with that information in terms of, um, like an answer or even like where to point you to even research further is just more like, it is a weird thing to think about that you haven't thought about. I don't know. Um, let's see. Um, so I, I guess like, uh, well, another insight behind the show was uh on the second episode uh he and i were talking about colors for a bit i mean <coughs> uh in reality i don't i don't know what he puts into the show because i don't listen i don't like listening to my voice which is weird because i've only been talking to myself for the past like i don't know however long but um at one point he and i were talking about colors i mean whether he kept it in or not i don't know but uh, what he and I were referring to was this uh, map in front of us that I have on my wall. So while I don't have a computer, I, I have this like map of the world in front of us, which to me, I kind of figured that if anything, it would be useful to like, I don't know, look at if we're like referring to different countries. So then at that point, you kind of have like a good idea to like um, uh, things that you can refer to. Um. But one thing that I like to do every once in a while is just kind of like uh, look at a random country and then just kind of um, like learn about it. Like typically, um, I, I guess a, a weird thing is like on the internet, people have no, uh, I mean, I guess how, how I started the show, like people have no qualms telling you about like their day-to-day lives and what have you. So equally, people don't have any qualms just kind of giving you a tour of their country. So 
if you were to go to, um, like, I think the last country that I did this for was, like, Madagascar. Um, essentially, if you go to, like, Madagascar and, like, you look at their, um, like, someone giving you a tour, uh, the video that I saw was someone was uh, sitting at their hotel, uh, kind of waiting a bit, and then out of nowhere, the military broke out and essentially, like, basically shut down the entire city. Um, which was kind of weird to look at, um, this cause this guy was like standing in like this like fancy hotel. And then meanwhile, like it just became like third world outside. Um, but then afterwards, since he kind of realized he wasn't going anywhere the following day, it then turned into, um, he then basically kind of like went into the jungle and just kind of like did some sightseeing and what have you. But I don't know, it, it, I guess it's interesting to, um, oh, I, I guess a different country that I did this was, um. Uh, Malta, which is like a island next to like Italy, and it's like it's a very tiny country, so it's like the entire time you're kind of like watching this tour guide, it's like you're seeing like um, the Mediterranean Sea in the background, so it's like kind of like every angle has like the sea, and I don't know, uh, it's like the one thing that, that I, I guess like I kind of got away from that was like driving in that city must be or i guess that island must be insane because it's like everything seemed like a one way and the ability to like not crash into another human being seemed like very slim but somehow they find a way to like manage it um i don't know i, I that i also felt similarly when i did a i, I watched a video on um uh, what's that country um think it's a uh, no bangladesh um bangladesh basically it's like it started off with like there's like no lanes on along the road so there's like, it's like 20 people just like swerving back and forth like just like not crashing into each other and it just it's kind of like this like weird like acrobatic display except done with cars and you're just kind of like thinking at any point this can all just collapse within itself and like everyone involved in this can just die but i don't know somehow like they find a method within that chaos um but i don't know i guess I i'm just still like staring at like all these countries um so I, I guess maybe that's something that i guess you guys can do if you're listening to this um i don't i'm looking it's like it's a country like in africa i have no idea how do you call this like Cote d'ivory c-o-t-e D I V O R I E. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if they kept it like in French for some reason. I don't know. Um, I, I guess in my head, I'm thinking it's supposed to be like Ivory Coast, but then at that point, I don't know why the like the the map maker is a jerk and not put it in English when everything else is in English. So, I don't know, I, I guess in that situation, either you can look up Ivory Coast or Coat the Ivory, I don't know, the, I don't know, <laughs> um, and I don't know, just watch like a tour guide video, just like go to YouTube, type that in, and then just like watch someone just give you like a 10 minute tour of their city, and then at that point, now you know what someone who lives on the other half of the world, unless you happen to live in the, that half of the world and listen to this podcast, which at that point I'd be confused. Um, but yeah, and then you know how that person lives and, um, I guess it gives you perspective. I mean, I, I'm not one to kind of go about the idea of like diversity and learning or like, and having perspective for everyone. But I feel that if anything, it kind of gives you a sense of like, um, I don't know. Um, the world is small, and it is very, very small, and it does not take that long to travel from one side to the other. And I feel that if you were to see it, it would make the world seem even smaller. And I guess when, by comparison, if you were to look up to the stars and then see that you are just like one speck in like in an infinite ocean that basically like i guess like how like infinitesimal you are by comparison to like anything out there 
um, I guess that would give you some relief that, I don't know, that the world is less lonely. I mean, I don't know, this podcast is supposed to be about conspiracy and everything, so don't, like, I guess come to this with, like, philosophical expectations. Um, but, I don't know. Um, I, I feel like there was more that I wanted to say, and I, uh, I don't know, I, I guess that's something that probably I'll just leave it on. Um, you're all going to die one day, and there's a lot of stuff that you probably think about in your head that you've wanted to say to a lot of people that you don't, and essentially those ideas then manifest into your dreams and eventually become your nightmares. And I would say, for yourself, think deep inside yourself and learn, um, I guess, like, that you inhibiting yourself from being honest and saying things out loud that you meant or are wanting to is basically manifesting itself in other negative ways throughout your life. So, I mean, uh, it seems a bit weird that like 10 minutes ago I said, that this is not going to be somewhere that you're going to find philosophical meaning, but me you know I'm espousing an idea to you. Um, but, I guess walk away with the idea that like, you're, you have so many life minutes. Your life minutes is probably like a million. I mean, I, I'm not going to do the math and figure out how much that is, but like, Let's say that you have about, like, a thousand life minutes. Um, hypothetically, this one random person. And then at that point, now you have, like, a series of things that you've never said. And, I mean, probably within, like, five days, whatever a thousand life minutes equals into, like, a week. Um, you have that many days left. And then at that point, I would say it would be somewhat beneficial to, I guess, die with a peaceful conscience, conscience than a, um, I guess, a guilty soul. Um, I mean, uh, I guess we can have a conversation at one point about what is a soul? Do you have one? Can you buy one? Can you sell one? Where does one go about buying other people's souls and how much does a soul weigh but I don't have the time or patience um, to do that research because a lot of weird philosophical like like religious type stuff when it comes about like souls becomes very draining though um Here's something, um, a, a, guy, a guy that I like a lot, uh, who is dead now, um, but his name is Jack Chick. Um, Jack Chick, um, he makes a lot of, um, or I guess he made, he made a lot of uh, Bible tracks, and I always thought they were fascinating. I mean, like, in reality, like, there's no way that people nowadays would be accepted, uh, like, accepting of him, because uh, they were always, like, they he he took like a and like any sin or what have you and would just take it to the extreme so like basically like if you just like got high and then at that point like basically by the end you were just like doing meth and like you beat your family and like everyone you know was like murdered by you just because you decided to do drugs and like there was something to me that like that weird sense of passion, like, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Jack Chick ever did, but, like, the man was passionate about, like, his belief in God until the day that he died, and he never wavered in terms of that intensity, and I, <coughs> um, I, I guess, like, for me, the, the one thing that, um, that I'm more interested in is, um, that sense of, I don't know, I, I guess like righteousness or like that sense of 
not really caving in to pressure from what society around you is trying to get you to conform. Like, the man believed in a very, like, uh, I don't know, like, hellfire and brimstone idea of, like, Christianity that, like, by the time that he died, no longer existed around him. Like, um, like I'm not trying to dismiss, like, religion in any form or, or like, like, any shape or things like that. But the one thing that I do notice is this sense of, like, um, I don't know, um, I guess, like, softening your message to try and appeal to a wider audience, which to me, I, that to me, I find sad. I, I, I feel that there's no reason to soften your message to try and appeal to people because at that point, you're only disappointing your actual audience and the people that you're trying to cater are never going to come around to what you believe in. So to me, I, I guess, like, the idea that he went out into, like, I mean, I would like to imagine that he probably saw, um, I, I guess, his heaven and never gave up that sense of, um, uh, I, I guess, that passion. Um, that, I don't know, uh, that to me, I, I think is interesting. I... I, I don't know. It's something I I feel very strongly about in a sense. Um, I don't I don't know how to describe that. I guess it's kind of like a, a weird thing, but it's like I guess to me it's like there's something I find admirable about like sticking to your guns and kind of saying. I don't know, like, kind of like rejecting what the world wants of you, and, like, like, I'm pretty sure, like, some Momo is going to, like, respond to, like, some, like, with some weird example of, like, someone like this, like, that has, like, some, like, weird diaper fetish or what have you, and that's not at all what, like, I'm going for, but just more of the idea of, like, being, like, very passionate about, like, your belief system, and, like, trying to, like, just accept that, I don't know, like, not dogma, but, like, that kernel of honesty, I guess, um, (coughs) maybe a way to kind of maybe explain it would be that, like, um, I, I feel that a lot of people, believe in things that they are taught and because they're taught that like they um they interpret it as true but there's a difference between like what you're taught and like what you learn and like i feel that like things that you learn maybe like the hard way or what have you uh, I i don't know how to explain it um also i i guess like me listening to myself um there's a sense of uh, trying to be more professional for like the podcast where it has kind of gone out the window on this one, which, as I said, I prefer I uh, the way that I think of this is supposed to just kind of be more gritty and grimy um, by comparison. But it's a kind of go back. Um, I, I feel that like when people. Um, if someone were to open their mind. And think about everything that that exists within, like within their surroundings, and then at that point, um, kind of realize that like a lot of things are false and a lot of things are um, unknown, and then kind of realizing. Oh, um, I guess I've been going probably like for like an hour or so. Um, so that is an alarm. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess the, uh, hmm, I lost my tra- my train of thought, I guess. Oh, um, there's a, there's a lot of things in terms of like where your mind 
um, is trying to understand that the world around you is basically kind of filled with falsehoods. And if you can basically actually like audit your entire life and audit everything that you actually know and try to examine like genuinely like what is real and what is true, eventually you kind of form like a, a series of beliefs that become like very integral, integral to you. And like those things that you then believe in are things that no one is ever going to dissuade you from. And that to me is kind of where I feel like is kind of like what I find interesting about Jack Chick is that he did an audit of his life and basically accepted Jesus to be like at the center of it. And then at that point, like that passion drove him to the end. And like, I mean, you can also see this like with other people in terms of like, I don't know, I guess if you want to be like a bit of a romanticist and like think of like Martin Luther King where like the idea of like civil rights and what have you like something was like his passion and like it is what drove him till the end um like once again like it's just like these ideas of like that become like your essence and I feel that that is kind of like what I'm kind of hoping out of this entire like podcast series is that like I don't know if mine does anything but at least the one that me and not spooky do hopefully with that one um at that point it kind of maybe opens your perspective in a sense about like what the world is like and kind of helps you on your journey to kind of develop um that essence um but with that i guess i will be ending it here um i don't really have a catchphrase of like how to end this um i thought about it and but i, I like i don't i thought about like last time i was just like please don't die and then just like, uh, I, I guess to me, it was more humorous than anything else. Um, but I don't know. I'm not saying, I'm just saying.